Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast, midweek Champions League edition. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. But gentlemen, we have a guest with us. Dan, you were lining it up. Uh, A a first appearance, uh, a new guest, someone that's bringing in a fresh perspective here for the Champions League. Dan, who do we have? Well, we have uh, none other than Adi Joseph joining us, who is the CBS Sports Managing Editor, Editorial Director. You know, we want to make sure we get the uh, the title right on that, but also a Chelsea supporter as well. So uh, we could, perfect that we're talking the Champions League on CBS All Access with Adi here. So welcome to the pod. Thank you. And I'm also a, a regular listener. I listen to pretty much every show. Well, he's flattering. Appreciate that. He's also the first of his name, uh, protector of the nine realms. Uh, and <laughs> I think, do, do we cover all of them? Do we get all the titles? <laughs> I think uh, I think you missed uh, Best Beard on the show right now. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> because Nick, <laughs> you, you, I, you. I've sabotaged myself on that one. <laughs> Uh, well, you still hold the mustache title, but that's right. This is going to be the Ren Away fixture, Champions League match review. Uh, before we get into all that boring stuff, we should probably kick it off with a little three-word match review as we've started to do so religiously this season. So, Dan, you, you pick some out of here. I think some I, I get, others I don't really get. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to let you run through some of these and explain it. I tried to group them. I know it's been difficult this season so far because they're all, they run the gamut. And brought in a couple themes. So uh, Stephen uh, had one, Where's My Fingernails? Clearly talking about how mm. just tense the match were, which was followed up with uh, Cesc Parti, where's, where's My Defibrillator? He clearly was experiencing the match at a much <laughs> different level than Steve. 
Uh, we had a few, uh, Matt Davies Adams obviously kind of helps to commentate for, uh, Chelsea TV and the Fistan app with spot on subs, which was mm-hmm. a very good one there. Just kind of encapsulated it. Gabriel from our discord with, uh, drew our savior or Mendy, my love, you know, so definitely a little goalkeepers union Mendy had to my get love. In there for Bryn. Yeah. Mendy, my love. I <laughs> and like. then plenty about the one meaty French forehead, Olivier Giroud. We had plenty for him. Our boy Clayton with Ali Must Stay. Uh, hashtag Timo on the Drogs with Mercy Boku Olivier. And then our boy Dean Mears, who now has his uh, brand new podcast on the Chelsea Fancast that's uh, you know focusing just on the Chelsea women's team, which has been pretty exciting to kind of get a chance to listen to, with Chelsea's French Fancy. Uh, he did have a follow-up question, which I'm directing right to Nick. Is Giroud the most beautiful human ever? I mean, he has to be up there, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I'm not one to judge all of humanity, but he's he's a good-looking fellow, that's for sure. You mean you're not going to tell him he's not an attractive guy? That's, that's not above, your job? <laughs> it's above my pay grade, fellas. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I feel uh, like we got a, a handsome team. Yeah. Uh, Thiago Silva's a handsome guy. Uh, I would say I think uh, Fikayo Tamori's a very handsome guy. Chili yeah. B loves the hair. He's always worried about his appearances, at least. All the young English guys are under their yeah. looks, for sure. Ma- yeah. Mason, Mason's making some mistakes. Right, the right in this area. And the chin, chin, chin. <laughs> Him and Nick with the facial hair decisions this month. Not really great. It's great, great radio, though. Can we roll back the tape and you do like the the, the telegraph circle? Right? It's right <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. Right. This, is, this is where I'm seeing some confusion here. Oh, um, Mason. He might not true. be able to connect anything. That's, you know, you're like... You I couldn't either when I was that young, man. Uh, you yeah. you, you got to let it get real nasty for a long time. Then it'll eventually fill in and be... Yep. Good, but that first time you grow a beard is disgusting. All right, uh, our our three word match reviews. I had Mendy voter fraud, which we'll get into later. Uh, Nick, <laughs> look, guys, I messed up a tweet. I don't hear from people when I don't mess up a tweet, but the minute I mess up a tweet, I get all sorts of guff. I meant to. I was typing out some mid match thoughts, and I was I meant to say that Werner and Chilwell were having a really off game. And instead, I typed Werner and Timo were having a terrible game, in which a lot of people gave me, um, rightfully so, some grief for. So my three-word match review has to do with uh, Timo Werner. It's going to be Werner and Timo. All right. Yeah. Too much explanation for a three-word match review. The context is key. (laughs) Usually usually Dan's so concise, so we'll... uh... It's true. We need to hit our 60-minute limit here. Dan, over to you. Keep it tight. Dub's a dub. Straightforward. All right. Adi. Wrap us up here. Bad lineup saved. All right. Mm. All right. Bad lineup saved. Mm. Well, what we're going to talk about in this episode is how the Cobham connection helps see Chelsea into round of 16 in the Champions League and how a couple of World Cup winners made an impact off the bench. You know, just a casual uh, dropping a couple of World Cup winners in. And then how to def- how top defending continues to ride Lampard's blues. Uh, Dan, you want to finish your thought? <laughs> Uh, it's how do they, how do they provide Lampard's Blues a bit of a safety net? I'm just gonna screen capture this real quick. Might need it for later. Yeah. Uh, right. So this needs to go in the it needs to go in the YouTube version. Uh-huh. People need well, to see the script. 
Yeah, just lettering and lettering and <laughs> yeah, honestly, you've been exposed. All right, a huge shout out uh, to Tim for joining us up on Patreon. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you on the Discord. Yes, Big Nash, I know I've been busy and I haven't been on there. I appreciate your love and concern. Uh, Dan, nothing from you, though, when it comes to Apple five-star reviews. Plea to the people. Well, it was a quick turnaround, you know? It was a quick turnaround from dropping a recording on Monday to having a match on Tuesday, so we understand. Some are probably dragging behind there. But we would be thankful, again, hitting on the week of thanks and Thanksgiving, if you drop a little five-star love on the pod. Again, you can't break it and give us six stars because, as we learned, you can't get six with Nick having a mustache. But... We will take a five-star review from anyone on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps people find the show, and we really appreciate it. Over to you, Nick. A little bit of gratitude, Nick. Some excitement. In case you missed it, a little I-C-Y-M-I. There you go. Yep. Um, uh, again, we are announcing our winners of the 500th episode competition. We want to make sure that we uh, at least got this out on two episodes in case you missed the last one. Um, thank you to everyone who submitted entries incredibly thoughtful incredibly funny and you know reminded us of stuff along the way that we forgot about uh so that was great um we will do more of these types of things periodically throughout the year this is not the last time you'll have a chance to win a kit uh the winners are Yi Hao, who's our man from singapore uh, i actually just got in touch with them yesterday pablo federico Sainz, uh, who wrote an entire uh, review in prose which is incredible uh, Ricky W25, Chloe Rizzle, and Kate from our Discord, who's already been in touch. So uh, DM us, message us if you haven't already, but we'll uh, we'll get those kits out after the holiday weekend. I'm looking forward to placing those orders for you all. Uh, but here we go. It is the main event, the match review versus Ren in the Champions League this past Tuesday, the 24th of November in the year 2020. Uh, we are away at Ren. Scoreline, Ren 1. No clean sheets. That party is over. Chelsea 2, though, uh, which is exciting. So Callum Hudson-Odoi getting a start, which we'll touch on, but he gets the opener in the 22nd minute. Uh, Grassi in the 85th minute, and then immediately was subbed. Uh, and then Giroud in the 90 minute, plus one in stoppage time, saving the day and eliminating Ren from any type of advancement for them. So uh, they are out. Dan, run us through the lineup real quick before we touch on the stats. Yeah, many between the six. Aspilicueta coming back into the lineup. Kurt Zuma and a return Tiago Silva next to Ben Chilwell making up our back five. We had Mateo Kovacic, Jorginho, and Mason Mount as the three ahead of them. And then Timo Werner, just doesn't stop. Just doesn't get to stop. Tammy Abraham and Callum Hudson-Odoi making our front three. We did have unused substitutes, including Kepa-Ritha Balaga, on, uh, Antonio Rudiger, Marcus Alonso, Andreas Christensen, Billy Caballero, Fakao Tomori, and Emerson Palmieri. Used substitutes included N'Golo Kante, Olivier Giroud, Hakim Ziyech, Reese James, and Kai Havertz making a return after his run-in with COVID. Uh, power subs, to say the least. Yeah. Double goalkeeper bench, Brandon. How about that? There it is. Yeah. He's done it. It's kind of interesting. You just you got roster slots. So he's like, might as well just put them all on there. Uh, you know, I think kind of some of the top line stats. Uh, this might be a little surprising though. Chelsea with forty nine percent possession. Uh, Chelsea with nine shots, five on target. Ren thirteen shots, five on target. Uh, we had three corners there, eleven. We had seven tackles to their nine. We had a couple offsides. They had two cautions, none for us. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing the expected goals graph here, Nick. Uh, I, I, I'm i kind of surprised Ren didn't break one, 
because of the opportunities that they had. Um, but we got her done. Why am I the XG guy now? <laughs> what, I, look, what you, are we you, doing? Did, you either do the stats or the XG. That, that's just the flow of the show because Dan's I'm, got the lineup locked. Dan, this is Dan's baby, though. Then kick did, it. You, do you want me to flip it? I can flip it. No, we're print. We're printing shirts with XG on it, baby. That's that's what we're doing. Go ahead, Dan. Let's do it, Dan. Dan, uh, 1.9 XG. What did you just read it out? Yeah. What do you explain it? What are you doing? Uh, well, we had a basically perfect XG for what actually the result ended up being because Ren had an XG of 0.9, Chelsea had an XG of 1.8, scoreline finished 1 to 2. Math suggests that it works out pretty much exactly as it should have if you round up. First time all season. Right, before we get into it, what surprised you most? We talked about lineup in your three yard match review. Um, what ruffled your feathers? Um, it Before the match, when I saw the lineup, my my first thought was Jesus, this is cocky. Like you got a chance to wrap up your bid into knockout, and you're not playing. Arguably, and you know what? I'll actually go there. I'll say your two best players. Uh, I think. I think that as of right now, Hakim Ziyech and and Angola Kante are our two best players. Um, I also think Reese James is our fourth best player behind Werner. So. Hmm. I, uh, at least like based on current form, I was, I never really like seeing Jorginho in the lineup because it just, they play the wrong way with him. You guys talk about it all the time. Um, it's just not the right team for him to be on, to be blunt. Uh, I'm sure if he went to Italy and found a team that everyone wanted to make short passes and you know like Spain won a world cup making short passes you can be incredible Barcelona won so many things making short passes um you know you can do some incredible things there Jorginho's just not the right guy for the front line that we have and um it showed and the bigger problem then also was with no Reese James and with no defensive support in the midfield, although Mason did a, a really admirable job trying, um, Chilwell had to play back, so he looked uncomfortable the whole match. That was pretty predictable. And then with Cesar, you know, look, I'm not going to criticize Cesar Aspiliqueta, but um, he did his job, but he did it the way he does it. So you had no whist because you didn't have Ziyech and you didn't have Reese on the right, and we always play up the right. So... The whole like the whole scheme. Look, Callum ultimately is a slasher. You don't have your two most creative offensive players in Pulisic and uh, Ziyech, and you don't arguably have your third most creative player in Reese because he's a really creative backline player. It was just frustrating. I, I did not like from the very minute I saw it. I did not like the way this game was going to set up with that with that lineup, particularly with. Uh, the best 17 or and I guess he's 18 now, 18 year old midfielder in the world. Uh, probably the, maybe the best teenager in the world is, is how uh, Erling Haaland is uh, 20, I believe now. So I think you could maybe call Kamavinga the best teenager in the world. I mean, like, can, can you make a strong argument though? It, Cause I, like, I, I don't think here, here's my synopsis of the match. It was terrible <laughs> for, for all of it. I mean, like it was just a bad match. We played bad. You know, and we got lucky to win, and that's okay. Sometimes you get lucky, and 
Lord knows after some of the terrible results we had last year that we, you know, you know, to Dan's, um, you know, whatever punch card of luck, maybe we're, maybe we're end up, you know, with a free one this time or whatever. But I think the argument could be made that Frank had to rotate too many players played international football. We have Spurs coming up, you know, I, I think I think there there is a rationale to sit in Golo Conte for a large part of this game. I think the same for some of the other players on the field. I, I my my thought was Dan when we got into this one that Frank wanted an early kill, two nil, three nil at half, and then he could sub in some of the the players that he brought to fill the roster, and it just never happened. And in fact, we left it incredibly late i think he did gamble and it only kind of paid off it i don't think it, it paid off in the way that we hope because if you were talking about getting some of those players minutes like to rest aka timo Werner, uh who looked very leggy and uh, ready for a little bit of a uh you know siesta <laughs> after the end of the match he didn't get it and, you know, I think if you're going for an early kill, you have to kind of ride the lineup that you would expect, you know, kind of the, the best 11. And then with five substitutes, because again, we're in the Champions League, you get five substitutes, you can make a wholesale change in this lineup across three substitutions. You could do, you could do all five at once if you wanted. You could have hit, hey, 60 minute, I'm going to pull, you know, this, we're going to be up two or three. I can pull somebody at half. You could have made any of those adjustments. And then we went basically from the, 30th minute until the 70th minute 75th minute without even having another shot on goal like that is that is just bad that is not not the Chelsea we've come to know and love this season Brandon yeah I think that you know part of it is we played a team that lacked a lot of quality and we we're able to get away with it I think that you know if we were playing pretty much any team in the Premier League this would have ended differently. So to the kind of point of like, hey, the gamble paid off, you know, it probably paid off in some rested minutes. You know, if you looked at the subs that you brought on, you know, before the match, you'd be like, this is a weird match. Like well, you, we had, had you had to bring, bring in all the guys that you wanted to rest. I mean, like that's the shitty yeah. part about it. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, these are all super impactful subs, you know, like big name, big, big time players that were coming in. I mean, I think that that you know, and in, in, in hindsight, looking back, you're like, okay, well, maybe it didn't go to to perfection, you know, but it, it job done, like mission accomplished, coming through. Um, now we just have to focus on Spurs. The good news again is that we're in the Champions League. We're done on Tuesday. We're in France. Very short trip. Spurs. They have to play later in the week. Um, I'm trying to look up who they're going to play, but my guess is it's probably not very close. Uh, Ludigrets, they play on Thursday. Um, where's Ludigrets? I don't know. But my well, point my my point being they're gonna be in a much tougher situation than obviously Bulgaria. They're in the Bulgarian league. All right. So, yeah, travel that distance. Let's go. Maybe they're at home actually. Damn it. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The, the matter is they're going to be playing minutes much closer to match, even though it's Sunday. So at the end of the day, I think we're in a good position. Uh, you know, we're essentially, you know, like I said, we, we qualified. We can burn the last couple matches of this group stage if we want. You know, come come later in the season as you get closer to Christmas and, and this season's compact as well. 
silver lining, right? I'm not saying it's the perfect scenario. I'm just going to give you a silver lining and we can try to take it and run with it and, and see how it goes. So, um, but if we, if we dig in a little bit, right, because we had a nice little high level discussion on that one and then some initial reactions, Money Mace. Money Mace had himself an absolute day. Um, Squawk had broke it down. 100% shot actually, 100% cross actually, 100% take ons completed, 100% tackles, three take ons, three tackles, two chances created, two crosses, one shot, one assist. Uh, and then he comes back, or Swaka comes back saying, made some amounts of assist for Calum Hudson Roy. was his first ever in the Champions League, but it's mm. well worth the wait. Um, anyways, Nick Mason. Uh, playing a little bit deeper, uh, but thankfully he's been able to play a little bit deeper for a good run of games. Uh, his pass to, to Callum, while it was good, it was quite easy. He had a huge gap to hit, but he still executed, and he did everything. A little little mini Angola Conte today. Oh uh, yeah, the the stat that they missed on there is he they you know he also put Camavinga on his ass, um, which was interesting uh, to say the least, but enjoyable. Um, perhaps if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into <laughs> If you're into that, um, no, I mean, like he was the best player on the pitch while he was on the pitch, and I know he got subbed, you know, pretty early into the second half. But yeah, I didn't think there was a comparable for him out there. Um, he looked sharp along with Callum in the first half, and you know, I think they both kind of faded a little bit in the second half. But uh, they were the only two that I could see who had a discernible plan for this game. <laughs> you know, it was. Tammy didn't really get into it in the way that we've seen him get into the last few matches. Timo was doing whatever the hell that was today. That was that was not what we've come to expect from Timo. And you then mean, mid- mean that one from six out that went twenty over? The the one that if you gave me that exact chance ten times, Ooh. I guarantee you I bury five. I guarantee it. Let's do it. I smell, it. I smell some content. I smell a content All you have to bonanza. do is let it hit your foot. <laughs> Literally. The goalkeeper's We're out. Revisit this. I, we will revisit this in the future. In the future. Can I offer we can be together. A defensive, can I offer a defensive Timo? Because I saw a lot of people like, oh, he needs rest. He's this. He's that. Um, he had two great opportunities. Uh, if you think about the fact that Jeru's ball only existed because of Timo's attack. Mm-hmm. Um, on both goals, Timo was right there and helped cause the goal. The shot that deflected into Jeru's head. And then also, the, the shot that he missed was like almost identical, maybe a couple steps closer to goal, to what Callum had coming up again when he actually scored. So the threat of, Ver- of Werner caused the defense to have to play him more seriously, even though hudson Adoy had the ball. The threat of Werner is a world-beating threat, and that is the point. And that's why it actually he, he reminds me so much of Sam Kerr. Both of mm. them are like mm. XG monsters for a reason, because like they are just constantly threatening and both of them have this in uncanny ability to make the balls just sail over the goal. <laughs> well, the the other thing too is there was a moment where he was just a hair offside with a perfect header into the back of the net. And so if you think about the fact that Timo definitely, I think at least in the first 
15 or so minutes, maybe struggled a little bit. And, you know, I think the entirety of the team actually wasn't playing, as you kind of made the points, Hadi, with the, the width or kind of the spacing that he usually enjoyed to kind of run into. And because it got so clustered and narrow, I don't think he was finding that same goodness that he typically finds at a Premier League game where it is a little bit more expansive. You know, we have Chilwell and Mason both providing some really great kind of back-end support. And, you know, also Abraham was super congested too. So the quick back and forth that they were able to execute on the past couple matches really wasn't here. And so that, I think, really slowed everything down. And we weren't just moving it, you know, we weren't moving it horizontally enough and switching the play, Nick, to put ourselves in a position to take advantage of, like, the natural skill sets of some of these players. Yeah, which is why Mason's ball to to Callum is that important today, right? And, and like, it was one of the few windows of opportunity that you saw in that first half, you know, beyond the, the, the sitter, to have a real chance at goal, the the ball had to be there. You, you know, I think Brady, you're you're being a little facetious when you said you know there was acres of space or whatever. But like, how, we we don't normally hit that ball. To be fair, like this isn't a Chelsea team built on that ball. You know, this isn't Cesc Fabregas back there just pinging them over. Um, so it was important, and it was also, you know, I know we're, we'll talk about Callum next, but it was super important that Callum finished that, given that he hasn't received a ton of chances this year to play and for him to take his chances is massive. But I, I, there wasn't a whole lot of pure quality on the field today. Just, it was one of those games. It was a tough one to watch. If you were a neutral, this was not your favorite match you've ever seen. Mason Mount for all of the absurd criticisms was by far the most technically gifted player on the field today. (laughs) Okay. End of statement, he was, you can't even come at me with anything else. I remember he had nice little flicks over the defender's head as he was out on the left in space one time. He's very, very skillful. But, I mean, the stats just show he's becoming a very all-around player. Uh, he had quotes from, you know, kind of Lampard said, he used to be a flashy player, and then he got to the championship, and that stuff didn't come off. So he's like, I, I just got to keep the ball moving. He's like, I'm, I'm less worried about how I go about it and just the end result. And he's he's finding value in that. And I think we are seeing that, you know, firsthand that he is just looking to progress the ball, move the ball, and then he progresses and he moves. Uh, and it's working really well for him. Part of what Adi was saying is because of the, the way we play in this group of players, you know, and it fits so well. Um, you know, a goal scorer and... Uh, also getting in from from Cobham was uh, was Calum Hudson and Doyle to your point, Nick. Uh, getting a, a bit of a rare start, uh, but you know got the opening goal for Chelsea. He had a great touch, is uh, bring the ball out of the air and put it nicely on the carpet. Uh, he had about three defenders chasing him, so there's plenty of pressure for for him to 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 mess up. But he did it. He took care of business. Uh, add off to Joe again, saying six, only Olivier Giroud, 11, has scored more European goals for Chelsea since Callum Hudson-Odoi's European debut for the club in October of 2018. Cal's got six, all right? He's apparently, I, you know, he's getting more minutes in the Champions League, but he's also producing as well, which I think is a little bit interesting. Um, Dan Lampard had a little bit to say. 
um, <laughs> on, on, on Hudson Roy. And look, he's always been a bit of a hot topic ever since the whole Bayern saga. And we signed him and then he tore his Achilles. And, you know, people are saying he hasn't got enough minutes. Lampard seems to be happy. Yeah, it kind of boiled down to the fact that he knows Callum wants to play and that Lampard has lots of competition for very few positions. There's only 10 outfield players on the pitch every given time. We know Mendy is never going to relinquish the spot between the sticks, and that is something we're just going to all count on and agree upon, that that's never changing ever, never, never for a really long time. But when he talked about the Callum quote specifically, he's talked about Callum is still developing a developing player to a degree, a bit of quality he shows with the first two touches before he got his shot away was top class. I know he could do that. There are loads of great things about Callum, and I know there are things that he can improve in his game. He knows that. He's a big player for Chelsea. He has a big future with us. His all-round game was fantastic, and he gets his goal. And this is the thing, I think to the point, the comment from the Opta Joe stat, is that Callum has been able to produce over short windows and, you know, really has a bit of a start and stop to getting a couple appearances, falling back onto the bench, maybe not getting in every match, getting a couple opportunities to start, then maybe, you know, has one or two, but then the health of another player returns and Lampard makes the quick sit, which, and so I think that's, that's probably the most frustrating thing, not only for, you know, supporters wanting to see Callum do well, Adi, but, the fact that you know for Callum like he you know it just needs to find a stretch similar to how Tammy found a stretch to get started similar to how Christian found a stretch to get started seems like he's one of the one of the ones right now who's looking to maybe take advantage of this stretch to finally get to a point where he can cement a spot and and he's playing I don't want to say out of position it's not really fair to say out of position but he should be an inverted winger he should be on the left side um christian and timo obviously are occupying all the minutes and then mason mount inexplicably sometimes also plays there <laughs> so you have him on the right side but he's not a wide player he doesn't want to be you know dragging along the baseline sending crosses over um it's not, it's not who he is he's an attacker which really brings up um to go back a little bit um I think this whole starting lineup could have been saved. And by the way, if you look at international duty, it would have actually been less minutes in international duty for if Reese James had played instead of Giorgino. If you put Reese James on the right side and Reese can go wide and you play a 3 4 3, that allows hmm. Callum to have someone to deliver him the ball and Timo across the across the pitch, allows Chilwell to not have to defend as much because you've got three back. And I think yeah, I I want to say it was Nick a few episodes ago has said like if Conte's not on the field play a three four three, it is very logical and it would be a very good use. It would allow you to use Emerson and Alonso too, um, to spell Chilwell who looked a little tired today or at least looked like he was annoyed by how much defending he had to do. Um, so you know all of that to me. Callum is not only playing out of position, but he's playing out of position without the guy who could probably make him look a little better. Um, and yet he was, for the first 25 minutes, very effective. Um, after that, he kind of disappeared a little bit, which he's always had a tendency to do on the right. Again, I think if you let him play on the left, uh, he'd probably be a little better. I think if they ever had loaned him, which it feels a little late to loan him at this point, you'd probably just try to sell him for as much as you could. But 
if you if you, if they had ever loaned him out to like a mid table low table team and let him, and that team had let him play inverted winger he could have been a big goal scorer for some for some lower te- level team yeah your your point on 343 is is interesting I, I guess i didn't even think about that today um yeah i mean you're going to have to rest chillwell at some point too like all these guys who we're so reliant on right now brandon you're going to have to rest at some point and frank tried it today it didn't necessarily go exactly to plan uh the result you know we ended up getting away with one but yeah, the 343 is a, a really good rotational formation for a lot of guys who don't see regular minutes um just kind of the way it is yeah it's uh uh you know something that i i've kind of been bringing up week after week and seem to keep skirting it week after week and you know maybe a little bit of rotation today but you know there, there's there's plenty more, you know. If you if you got two goalkeepers, a couple left backs, you know, we we got some guys that we can throw in there, you know, as needed. But so far, we've avoided it. But uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we're back, we're going to talk about those World Cup impact subs. Uh, we can also talk a little bit about uh, the defense and and the Dan of the match and and maybe a little Tiago Silva and and Mendy and and the far cry that. Uh, these poll results have shown but i I, i'll get into that later again thank you to these sponsors for financially supporting the show we will be right back even though sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast unlike other job sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. That's the Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven balls. Look, they sent us one. I have it. I actually love it. I use it. I've had other ones. They suck. This one is significantly better uh, than the ones I've had. So trust me, I've used it and I can endorse this Weed Whacker. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. I mean, have you ever pulled out your nose hair before with your fingers? It hurts, and it's worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. 
Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that those long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed along with the hairs and the holes looking nice. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code LONDONISBLUE. It helps us. It helps you. It helps them. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. All right, World Cup subs. Love a complete headline, Dan. Uh, Naz tweeting, absolutely insane that Chelsea have brought Conte, Giroud, Averts, and Ziyech off of the bench. The depth has gone through the roof this season. Uh, but is that because we're really, really deep or because we had a really, really weak lineup? Wow. Well, I think it's... Look at you. <laughs> yeah, Dan, uh, what do you think? Yeah, Dan. I think it's because we we had an interesting lineup that <laughs> an interesting needed to be saved. Dan, Good just tell us you're running for office already, okay? Just stop skirting the issue. Just I asked not what your lineup could do for you, but what <laughs> you can do for your lineup. No, you missed it. What these, what these subs could do for your lineup. You missed it. You could have just tied it all together. Uh, uh, but anyway, the subs... The subs were great. They came in. Matt Davies Adams was 100% correct. They changed the flow. And typically, if you need subs to come and win the game, something wasn't right with the initial game plan. And that was accurate. <laughs> so, yes, it was great to see. I don't necessarily know if, if Giroud had to start, but I think with, with Conte and with Ziyech, to, to the point Adi made, those were the individuals who had an immense impact when they came on. You know, Conte is just such a, a calming presence and a controller in the midfield, particularly in the midfield that was allowing center backs from Ren to press all the way forward up into our box. Like that, that should not happen. An opposing center back, and I know that Silva did it to them, but that, that's also like, you know, they did not have a great midfield either. You should not allow that to happen. There should not be that much space to go one way, end to end. In, in football, in Champions League football, Nick. It shouldn't happen. No. No. I mean, come on. I, I mean, it was infuriating because, again, the balance was just all off. They, do, You know, Ren dominated the midfield all day, um, which is, is not great because essentially the way that the lineup was set up was more of a 4-2-3-1 than it was a 4-3-3. Mason wasn't as deep and he wasn't as connected to Jorginho as... I would have hoped he would be because Georgina just needs the outlet and Kovacic was, you know, they were just buzzing around each other all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you bring in Olivier Giroud who has been dying for minutes, got him, made an impact, made a really scrappy heads up impact. You know, it has to be said, like there was no guarantee that he, he was even going to reach that ball, but he had to go for it. And, all he did with it was put in a bullet header that the defender tried to uh, Suarez out of the goal with his hand. Um, so certainly should have been a red card regardless of if he scored the goal, by the way. Um, I don't know if they've looked at that yet, but it was good to see Giroud. And then, yeah, you bring on the man of the hour in Ziyech, who is playing at a different level and, you know, uh, Ollie Glanville, our, our friend who never stops 
or never sleeps, but is continually tweeting awesome clips at us, uh, sent us one where he could, you could see how pissed that Ziyech was that Werner missed the chance that he gave him. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been talking about for three episodes now. Ziyech demands quality and, and Werner just didn't have it on, on that occasion or many others tonight. And we, I think we got bailed out with Giroud just being a, a heads up kind of smart player. Um, it really does make an impact, uh, Adi, to have experience on the field in those kind of clutch situations. Yeah, I would uh, I would second all that, but I also want to point out that Nas just completely snubbed Reese James. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's he might have not as established of an. Didn't he come on late though? I thought he came on later. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe he tweeted that before. He was the last sub. So. It, it, yeah, it was. It uh, was because that that was like the <laughs> the the three kind of in in close succession. There. Um, I I think you know what you when you when you're talking about Giroud, I get the arguments. I also think he is a perfect super sub. Um, I don't think that the ideal version of this team is Giroud as the starter by any means. I think that Tammy has played really well until he was getting sucked into the midfield because uh, our midfield didn't defend. Um, Kovacic, you you mentioned him, and I I wanted to bring him up because he had by far his worst game since Havertz went out. Um, He just did nothing. And he had looked so, I mean, he's not a great attacker by any means. And he missed that one chance he had the other game, but uh, he had looked so energized as an eight next to Conte being a six. And in this game, he was like unsure if he was the six or the eight. And he didn't seem to have a, like, it was no purpose. He was playing with no purpose whatsoever. And uh, it was kind of disarming, you know, Chelsea fans on Twitter, at least, are very harsh on, on Kovacic sometimes. And yet most of us would agree he was one of, if not our best player last season. And, you know, it was really refreshing to see him the last couple of matches play really well on that on that right side in place of Havertz. And, um, you know, I, even though that's technically out of his position, too, he's really a left-sided player. Um, I... I uh, you know, I I was really unimpressed with with the the Jorginho Kovacic connection, and I continued to be. And even even uh, it looked better at times last season for sure. Well, we can we can pull off of that one, and and we'll we'll talk about that that meaty French forehead that, that Dan alluded to in the beginning. Statman Dave, all right, coming in with the the stat tweet saying Olivier Giroud scored twelve goals in one thousand two hundred and seventy two minutes in European competition. Since the start of the 2018-2019 season, an average rate of a goal every 106 minutes. Clutch yet again. Fly the French flag. Uh, back to you, Dan. Our sideline commentary. Uh, I hear you have Lampard and quotes on Giroud. Well, there there are wonderful quotes on Giroud. I would say that if you're getting it's it's just over a match per goal is a pretty nice bit of conversion there. That's it, a good stat. That is a really good stat for Olivier. And, of course, a lot of that did come during that wonderful run in the Europa League where he was just banging him past some teams for fun. But still, Giroud's great. He is wonderful, and we love everything about him. 
the comments from Lampard were that was great from him. Not only that, but his hold-up play when he came on, but his his physicality. I have selection issues because, again, selection issues. It's the story of Lampard's life. Uh, because I have Tam who's playing well, and Ollie always contributes in a way that with, with professionalism that was incredible and restart is a good problem. Ollie will get his minutes. He will start matches because we have a busy schedule. You saw such a reaction around the goal, not just because it was a last-minute winner, but because it was Ollie who acts like he does every day. It shows what he means to the team. I love that they came up and started patting him on the forehead, the big old head, giving him the dab <laughs> up there. That was phenomenal. But, I mean, look, you know, he's, he's someone who's been rumored to leave in January. Where did you get I, that idea from? Hand oh. down. <laughs> He's been pretty vocal about it. Well, look, there's there's rumors. Look, two, you know, look, he hasn't again. he hasn't called me. We haven't talked about it directly. You no, know, we talk a lot about you know uh, grooming tips and things. We're trying to figure out the solution to Nick, and we're, we've just been chatting back and forth about it. So we're we're coming up with something mm. for you, bud. Don't worry. But anyway, the the thing is, if we're in a run that puts us looking at a Premier League title, looking at maybe being you know a favored for advancing to the the eight or advancing to the fours getting deeper in the champions league like come on like why would you want to leave euros did did he think that did he think that because he was speaking in french to a french publication like it wasn't going to get translated (laughs) because we've seen that before like many athletes in in the nba uh tony parker and other french players have actually done the exact same thing they've said things yeah. in their in their native language to their native you know to, to 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 publications from their home country and just like been surprised that it got translated <laughs> I, and, think he knows, and, I think he knows what he's doing he's yeah. a vet he shit we did it last season <laughs> i mean we can kind of know exactly where this is going all right i'd like it more difference. than what i like it more than Jorginho's agent being the one complaining publicly I like that it was actually well, Olivia just being like, "Look, this is this is the situation." To be fair, Giroud's agent is also complaining, yes, but I know, uh, I know. but like, but why he why he does it and why the goal was really important is because the second part of the quote, Dan, all he will get is minutes. He will start matches because we have a busy schedule. He will start matches whoa, whoa, whoa. because on, we have I mean. a busy schedule. You saw such a reaction around the goal because people, uh, but. Uh, not only, uh, yeah, not only because it was the last minute winner, but because it was Ollie who acts like he does every day. So it's a consistency thing. It's whatever. Like the schedule will demand that he will start some, right? It kind of yeah. has to. Like a couple things. Olivier Giroud has already proved that he loves Chelsea much more than he loves Arsenal. Box checked. Thank you, <laughs> Europa League bus video clip. So we all love him. You know, for what he's given to this club. Uh, it was a bit of a punt when we picked him up. Ended up being great business. Uh, two, he's very direct. He's not playing games with the media, which I can appreciate. He just said, look, I want to play in the Euros. He's, what, seven goals off of Thierry Henry's goal record for France. Like, he banged into this last break. He is going for it, right? Uh, the irony of a, of a non-goal scoring striker that breaks the all-time goal scoring <laughs> record for France. Like he is hungry. He is motivated to get into the squad and be firing so he can, you know, play in all these friendlies and, and be there. So like respect for him for being like cards are on the table. I'm not playing games with you guys. Like I, I just need to play in that tournament. It's my last tournament. 
Um, and, and now how we get to it is it's kind of the exact same time of season. All of a sudden, Olivier Giroud from no minutes to, oh, yeah, I guess we can put you on a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. He's going to start scoring goals and, you know, he's just going to keep playing. The downside for him is last season he's looking at teams like Inter Milan. This season he's looking at teams in France. So clearly the opportunities for him are, are you know, not near the same quality, which I think helps us from, you know, look, Giroud, you can either play week in, week out in Ligue 1, or you can, you know, play here and there across a, a variety of positions in the Premier League, which, you know, if you can show you can do it in, in this world, it's a no-brainer for the France squad to take you. So, um, you know, again, I, it's just kind of funny to me how it's literally the exact same time as last season when the quotes came up, and, you know, he was as good as gone, and the next thing you know, he's playing almost week in, week out. The biggest difference is Tammy is not going to have a second season slump the way it looks right now. He is absolutely here and ready. But the more Timo plays on the left, that means you do need someone to come off the bench and play. So it's actually, it helps Giroud if Timo and Tammy are playing together, um, which I think is a re- is a little bit new development. So um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, N'Golo Kante. I think we just need to state the facts, Nick. He N'Golo'd again. He just did it. <laughs> He, he N'Golo'd he, everywhere. He it became that, a verb. He, he did that N'Golo, yeah. Uh, 22 minutes, 28 touches, 14 completed passes, which was good for 87%. Uh, four out of four completed dribbles. Classic Conte. Dribbles, I said. Uh, five, five of six ground duels won, typical. Uh, two interceptions, one shot blocked. Adi, what do you say? Uh, what, what more do you have to say about this guy? The, la- the last line of the expected Chelsea tweet says it all. Our best midfielder every time he steps on the field. And I think you could probably say our best player. No one's arguing right now. I think kind We're of back. the point of resting him was just that you want to preserve and keep this high-level N'Golo Kante. We don't want to see an injured N'Golo Kante. We don't want to see a tired N'Golo Kante. We want to see people get N'Golo'd week yeah, in, week out. But, you know, and, and winning this match means that Conte is not needed against Sevilla. He's not needed against Krasnodar. And guess what? Winning this match means Olivia Giroud can play 90 against Sevilla and Krasnodar. And he can even play with Tammy. Like, we could do some crazy stuff. They don't matter. I mean, you want to finish first in the group, but there's a big advantage there. And, And so, yeah, I mean, that's why you put him in. That's why you put the guys back in and you're like, oh, we need to win this match so we can lock this up. Well, and you'll get Billy Gilmore most likely coming in to play those matches as well, finding Billy. his form. So, yeah, it, it, winning this game in, in any way, you know, hell or high water, which we, we did. Mostly you know, high we, water, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> we, we did it and it opens up the possibilities of being able to again you want to finish top still you want the the better kind of draw responsibility at the end of this all but you now have more flexibility and breathing room than you had at the beginning of the day today yeah i mean that, that brandon that's what it is right it's winning these matches winning the matches you're supposed to win not taking the champions league group stage into the last match you know, and, and like we did last year, and, and sweating it out with your with your best lineup means that you have choices, and those choices could sink or swim depending on on how you approach those games and how serious you take them. You know how seriously you want to win the group because we realized how important that was after we we got saddled with Bayern last year, right? Um, but 
now you have flexibility. And if you feel confident, if you get any results against Sevilla, it's over. Your goal diff is too much, and we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, it's it's a great place to be. I think the last French-speaking player I would like to touch on today is mm. not Thiago Silva. Mm. All right? He showed up. He did his thing. All right? Thank you. It's what we've come to expect of him. Uh, but a little magic from Bendy Mendy. Uh, what's that, Dan? You've got Lampard on the touchline again with quotes on Edouard Mendy? <laughs> Perfect. Over to you. I, f- I feel like I'm coming for Lee Parker's job right now, and you made me feel so bad about this. Hey, you, I can't you're not, do that to Lee. You're not announcing names, trust me. So just take your sideline <laughs> report gig and be happy. Uh, so Lampard's quotes were, I'm very happy for him. It's not easy to play against your old teammates in the stadium you played so well at. I know it can add pressure. I think he's probably talking about Man City and Chelsea. Um, Boy. But Edouard looks very calm. He's been like that from the first moment he arrived. He's personally been great, and most importantly, his performances have been high. He contributed that today, and I'm really happy with him in all senses. Then we also got the lovely Mason Mount and Mendy post-game interview together. And you see, he's like, like, yeah, he's a a big presence. He's also big in the goal. It's like, wow, okay, yeah. Astute commentary from Mason Mount around the, the Bond building with Mendy. Yeah, they were doing their Penn and Teller impression, just, just making magic up there. It was great. Tall and small combo. Can you imagine being in that locker room, Adi, and like, you're Mason, you've been at Cobbin since you're seven or whatever it is, and now you've got this huge... <laughs> goalkeeper from from who came from the French League and you've not got to become buds with him because you're teammates and you're just mates going how the hell are we supposed to connect <laughs> you know what though they've all done it like it's these true. guys have developed friendships so quickly and you know sports a- athletes don't care about language they don't care about words they they connect on a different level and and uh you know it's it's something you see in every sport. So it's been really, really cool to see how, you know, particularly the back five, uh, there, there you go, Brandon, back Thank five, you. uh, particularly the back five, they seem to have really developed a quick friendship. I know, you know, three of them speak French or four of them, if you count Dave, but, um, I, I, it's, it's the type of thing that you like to see. And just like Mason Mount, Reese James is in the same situation, um, also has been living at Column since he was, I think, even younger, maybe six uh, for Reese. So, um, you know, it's the opposite situation. It's a guy who literally started the season and played, I think, three matches for Ren before coming over. And, uh, you know, he comes in and it just works. It works. And it, it's worked really well. Well, and then you saw Callum and Mason after their goal how much love there is there. I mean, like it, that's the heartwarming stuff that will make, you know, if if Chelsea do end up winning things this season, that will make this season so much more special is to have a team that is impossible for opposing fans to dislike, but then also for Chelsea fans to fully embrace and love and appreciate. There isn't a controversial member of this squad, not one. There's no one that you really go, nah, not sure about that guy. Like, there is no, there's not even like a, a you know, our our guy, like Diego Costa in those seasons. Like, there's not even that guy. It, they're all likable. 
So it's almost uncomfortable know. how much the media yeah, like us. Kind of. Who tweeted? Was it? It Ian is. <laughs> or Gary, and or I don't know. Someone is saying that BT's almost become like a Chelsea like political agenda where they're just backing Chelsea and like how much they're doing for the England national team. And it's just like this it's weird, uncomfortable thing where you're like, wait, 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 we, we're supposed to ruin football. What, what is this? Like my whole like staff us? is my whole staff. <laughs> I have uh, staff members, uh, you know, James Benj covered Arsenal for years. He now works for CBS. Uh, Mike Goodman, who is a lifelong Everton supporter is uh, our senior soccer editor. Uh, his boss, the AME of soccer, is a uh, Manchester City supporter, Igor Mello. Um, Jonathan Johnson, who is in based in Paris, is an Aston Villa supporter. And they all have nice things to say about at least some of the players on Chelsea. They may not overall want to admit anything. And they definitely say that I overrate them. And they definitely get pissed <laughs> off when I bring up, like, oh, you could have mentioned, you know, I think uh, one of them said, has any player impacted their team as much as Bruno Fernandez? And I'm like, Mendy took Kepa out of goal. <laughs> we had six clean sheets in a row. Yeah. <laughs> well, com- compare it to Manchester United. So easily hateable that team. Ugh. Like not other one... than other than Rashford. Other I than really, Rashford, who is like really the, like it, Rashford. Massive respect to Rashford, obviously, but like and not for footballing reasons. For, so for, also another yeah. clarifier. <laughs> yeah, for, Fernandish. Fernandish is a flop artist. Like he he's terrible. Yeah. He keeps getting bailed out by the, by referees. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. Um all right. Well, let's let's go ahead and, and start to uh wrap on this one with the Dan of the match. Um you know I'm right, not, controversy time. <laughs> I'm not alleging mail in ballot issues. I'm not wow. alleging fraud. Oh, we're really going here. Okay. I, I'm just saying I think your poll was off today well brandon's botnet definitely did the business on this poll let me tell you because there was a spike in votes that came in Mm. right around the five o'clock mark Mm -hmm. that really changed the whole dynamics of this (laughs) you know mason was leading for a while and then mendy just popped ahead i don't know how i don't know how it happened mendy with 33 percent of the votes we had 30 percent for mason Giroux comes in with 27 percent and silva gets 10 honestly we're just gonna take silva's 10 and let's bump mendy to 43 <laughs> done <laughs> okay that's that's how it works i i think that's only clearly fair. brandon also favors ranked choice voting that also is the way that it works i mean I had a philosophy major in college. I've thought about a lot of different things. I don't know where I'm at, Dan. All right, Nick. Yeah, Dick, are you with me that it, are, you, are you with me that it should have been Mount? <laughs> Get out of here. It was I, I think so. Mount yeah. was my choice. Man, yeah. Easy Mount. It you would have lost four nothing, four one today if it weren't for Edouard Mendy. Well, I will say the Mendy save though, where he kicks it back into his own hands, that was phenomenal. That but was, was that intentional. Wild, top class textbook. Yeah, we trained that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Sometimes your job is just get it out however you can. Use one part of your body, use them all, whatever. Just I'm going to say go it was in. intentional. It the, looked the, great. I, I brought this up right before we recorded, but the, the, the goal was savable. The goal was savable. Uh, look, I'm not it was even right over that. him. I'm just saying the other four that should have gone in that didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Capastrophic. Uh, you know, without. Oh, oh like if, if the question is what would have happened if Keppa was in the goal? Did we just invent a word? Catastrophic. <laughs> Is that what just happened here? Oh, I, like I didn't it. want to dwell. I didn't want to dwell on it. But what wow. if what if instead of Kepa it was Brandon Busby in goal? 
Mm. <laughs> Today or a few years ago? I think, we, I, think, I think we should think about this. There's different iterations. Uh, look, I'm not going to pretend I am anywhere close to, to that level. Uh, but the table, Dan, is all but level. Uh, top. Top big time. Our goal difference this season. I'm so impressed by the goal difference that Chelsea has, not only in the Champions League, but the Premier League. And um, it, it is paying dividends. Like last season, we you know, you're, you're sitting around even. You know, it, we let teams in and around us. It, it came really close at the end while we're trying to get top four. Right now, like we are in comfortable positions and it just it, it is proving the difference right now across all competitions. Well, yeah, we have Chelsea first in, in the group on 10 points, three wins, one draw, zero losses, nine goals, four, one against. So goal difference of eight to Sevilla's three. Krasnodar and Ren both out of the group at this point in time, given their uh, you know, single points that they have earned across the first four matches. So uh, they wave goodbye to a chance to advance in the Champions League. And then, uh, you know, 538, uh, not maybe having the best run in a lot of things right now. But I do love their club soccer projections, Nick. And, uh, you know, the probabilities they have. Chelsea uh, continue to creep up into the probability of making the quarters and probability of making the semis. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop it. I just like that we're above PSG, Madrid, Juventus, Inter Milan. We're clearly a superior team. Well, you could argue that we are a better team than Real Madrid right now. Like, I think there's a pretty clear case to be made for that. They're pretty bad this year. Um, But, like, Chelsea have not made a Champions League quarterfinal since 2014. Let's remember that. This is not a team that's regularly made that stage of the competition. So, to just assume that we're going to be there, I think is a little premature uh, for my taste, not for Dan who's pushing this. Why not us stupid narrative? Uh, and I'm getting hounded with it every time we win now, because it's ridiculous. But uh, every time we play, every time that, we, that's yeah. every time we win. So. Cause we keep on winning. All right. All right. So clearly Adi's a part of this <laughs> agenda as well. That's great. I'm alone per usual in my prediction that it's going to be a lot harder than Dan's making it out to be, uh, to make the quarters. But I mean, shit, like we have the squad depth to compete in this, in this competition. I, I think we do it now. Does that mean that over two legs, some weird stuff could happen? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's what the champions league is. It's built on that. (laughs) I mean, the entire competition is like your one mistake away from being out. Um, so I, I just, I am tempering my own expectations. Fly off the handle if you'd like, Dan. I'm not gonna fly off the handle. I just think you. Know, it, how can you not be excited? Like the the some of the core problems have been fixed. They've been addressed. We have better talent than we had last season. The players that were carrying us last season are continuing to improve and get better. Like I don't know. The stars are aligning, and oh you know God. what? It's just just tap into the excitement. I, the vein is there. Just it, I pump am it excited. In. Pump it in. I am excited, but we haven't played anyone good yet. If you look at it, too, like the thing that gets to me is, at least right now, and right now doesn't matter in Champions League. That's an important part of this. But at least right now, like Bayern is without Kimmich, or I would say their best player. Liverpool is without Van Dyke. Mm. I would say they're second or third best player. Um, 
PSG has been dealing with all kinds of stuff with Neymar and and uh, Mbappe. Real is, is a goddamn mess. Barca, goddamn Even mess. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you look at like Atletico and and uh, Dortmund have been like two of the really solid teams but Dortmund's actually even had some up and down results in Bundesliga um it's it's odd to say this but like right now we're in really good form we are really really good right now it just may not matter because like a lot of things can change till then but I do think to to your point Nick as as the optimist that you are we Mm -hmm. have really good squad depth you know the squad depth's gonna help well I mean right now it's Bayern, Liverpool, and everybody else. If you're looking at his power ranking, they have Man City second. Give me a break. They're terrible right now. Like Barcelona, same. Dortmund. You really put in Liverpool with no Van Dyke and no Thiago? Yeah, they're still pretty good. They're still pretty good. I'm not telling you that they're the world beaters that they were last year, but they're like, are you betting against them in a two leg tie? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, it's a uh, cha- Champions League always throws that big wrinkle in, too, you know, which. Is is why it's a, a super interesting cup competition. But look, we're throwing a weight around a little bit. We have a really straightforward group, but we're doing the business in the straightforward group. Like this hasn't happened in multiple years past. Like squeaking through, you know, like struggling against Frankfurt and and all the things that happened with Valencia and and Ajax. I mean, it's not always been easy. And right well, now, it's a little bit comfortable. That's that's the point, weird. though, right? Is like if you look at a a down you know, kind of big six on this table that Dan's pulled up. There is the opportunity for Chelsea to move up. Will they? TBD. But the the opportunity is clearly there. It's just if we take it or not. Well, I appreciate you teeing up for the transition out because the next opportunity to seize is playing in Spurs. All right, this Sunday. Look, he played United, played Liverpool, this is something different. It's number one and number two in the table, which is in my head. All right. That's the table I'm thinking. Uh, Leicester could stick around for a while. You know, I think Everton have cooled. Uh, Southampton aren't going to be anywhere near it. You know, so for me right now, out of the, out of the top six, you know, the, the, the traditional big six or big four, whatever you want to do it, this is it. I mean, this is, this is huge. Obviously, so many implications with Jose being there, uh, the, 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 the London rivalry, hate 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 everything about Tottenham and it's funny I was talking with uh Gabriel in in um in Cal the other night and I said I hope Mourinho doesn't win anything the rest of his career like he had his time with me I'm good as far as I'm concerned I was pissed when he won with Inter Milan I'm annoyed when he won with Real Madrid came back won loved it he's gone over it I still like him as a manager I just don't want him to be successful outside of Chelsea because I don't want anyone to be successful outside of Chelsea for the most part. So anyways, rant over. Let us know what you guys think about this one. Was it a C minus? Was it a C plus? Was it a B minus? How how was this match for you guys? Are we tempering expectations? Or are we going to win the Champions League? Let us know. We covered it all here. Addy, welcome to the pod, sir. Thank you so much. First cap. Appreciate right. the time. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for, I got a plug, right? Like, thank you for watching on CBS All Access. If you're Absolutely. in America. Not that we had a choice, but we've enjoyed it. <laughs> Not that we had a choice. Wow. That kind of that kind of really ring endorsement. Feel loved on the way out. Wow. Look, yeah. Doing better than Bleach Report did last year, let's be honest about it. So it's you know, good. I like you guys. You're doing great. Check it out. CBS All Access. Down the app. Uh follow Addy 
on social media. Um, great follow. And like I said, a good connection there. Uh, Dan, Nick, thanks gentlemen for joining us as always. Uh, you know, the midweek pods aren't always easy, but, uh, we're making it work, especially when we win. Gotta, gotta love a victory at the end of the day. Uh, not to give Dan credit dubs dub, but there's so much more into it. Um, all right. Next one up. What do we have? Matt law. Yeah. Yeah. Matt yeah. yeah. Jeez. Happy Thanksgiving. Get a little Matt law for your turkey so anyways that's gonna wrap us up Chelsea fans uh, but until next time you need to do keep the blue flag flying high